We are still waiting for the season to jingle. Precisely, like that creepy child says, the season two jingle is still missing. Get your ass in gear, Chris. Otherwise, hello, everybody else, and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. Now, I promised you some really interesting guests for season two. Not that season one guests weren't interesting, by the way, but I promised you some absolutely wonderful guests for season two, and today is no different. Today's guest is a singing talent, a songwriter, a voiceover artist, an actress, a voice artist of uh, US Italian descent. And she's also a fan of BPM Pod, so she clearly needs her ears tested and has been bugging us for a long time to be on the podcast. And, you know, life just gets in the way as it does. But it's so good to have a friendly voice and a fan out there who is not just passionate about the podcast, but passionate about working with other musicians and telling stories through sound. I'm, of course, talking about Annalisa Lombardo, who I have wanted on this podcast for a long time, and I'm so glad she is here. Just give you a little bit of talk about Annalisa while we're here. Born in the US to an Italian family, Annalisa was always surrounded by a mixture of cultures and especially different musical styles. Combining her love for classical, jazz and musical theatre, she fell in love with all kinds of vocal performances. While studying on scholarship at Berkeley, she found Latin American folklore, which in combination with her previous influences, gives her a unique voice. Through her love of musical theatre, the door to voice acting opened bridging worlds of acting and vocal performance. She's currently based in Berlin and can be found voicing animated characters, singing as a session vocalist or writing compositions. This is what happened when Annalisa and I sat down to talk all things music, a little bit of politics, a little bit of how music has space for everyone and lots of other topics in between. super looking forward to having you on because you are actually someone who even messaged a while back or put up an Instagram story being like, when is the day I will be sort of talked to on this podcast? Well, now is the day, Annalisa. Woohoo! And I'm so glad you are here. So oh, thank you. You have a ton of experience across lots of different things, singing as a session vocalist, writing compositions, writing songs, a bit of voice acting too. I don't think we've had a voice actor on here before. Something I'm very interested in, but I've never really, never really pursued. Um, so I'm really looking forward to digging into that. But otherwise, Annalisa, welcome to BPM Pod. <laughs> thank you, Ashley. Um, and um, thank you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris, unfortunately, just so you know, um, isn't here today. He's had a family emergency. Uh, everyone is fine, but uh, it, it shook him up a bit. So he's not here gotcha, today. Gotcha. So okay. best wishes, Chris, and I'm sure you'll be fine. Put the vibes out there. But you are missing out on a good guest. So, <laughs> you know. I'll be back. <laughs> family, guest. You know, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, but, priorities, no. man. No, there we go. Get well soon and all that. But, um... Annalisa, mm. you're doing very well. You seem very chirpy. You're always very chirpy. I've only interacted I, I with you a handful very... of times and you're very optimistic and grounded. And I am, I am like, um, I'm on 100 all the time. It's exhausting. No, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's exhausting for everyone else too. All it's the like, time. Oh. I mean, I'm just, you know, maybe I'm just the, 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 the adult embodiment of, and maybe this is why I was a nanny for so long, that like the kids like really hit it off with me because like, oh, she's like me, but she's bigger. Um, That's yeah, nice. I, 
the joke is that like there's just a slot in my shoulders with the wind up key, you know, just wind it up every morning, yeah, yeah, watch yeah. you go. You know? <laughs> but you do have a lot of energy and you you seem to be doing a bunch of stuff. But I mm-hmm. first first met you at a Molly's Peck gig. Yes. Where I was I was singing terribly. No, you, remember- were, you did beautifully. It was you and an acoustic guitar and the song was called Here You Come about oh. your, your munchkin. I changed that to Arrival in the end oh. because someone was like, Here You Come sounds like a sex thing. So I was like, okay, I changed I changed mm. the title. So it's been changed. But, gotcha. But there we go. You know, and I kind of got it. I was like, oh, fine, fine, whatever. <laughs> so, um, but no, so that was where we first met. And I remember you were very enthusiastic about my voice. And I was like, oh, it's terrible. Like my falsetto is awful and... It's, it's just not very good, but you were very sort of complimentary about it. So thank you. And that's, that's where we first, first met. And uh, it's true. That was like, what, three years ago, I think. That was three years ago. That was yeah, three it was. Years ago. Long time ago now. So, uh, and then COVID happened and things just went terrible. So that was the mm. last time I played live as well. Uh, funny ah. stuff. But what have you been up to then? And I know it's hard to summarize three years of which half of it at least has been wrecked by a pandemic. But yeah, where, um, where are you today? What if, what has been filling your your space? Um, teaching has been filling my space uh, almost a bit too much. So I'm going to be cutting that off at the end of the uh, the end of the academic year, which will be great. Um, songwriting. I am working on my first single, and uh, it's going to be the first thing I've released into the world as a you know finished shiny thing. And uh, voice acting. I've been doing audiobooks, and I just did my first commercial. Let's start with the uh, the single. Actually, I thought you had more out there. Than, no, for some I I used to sing with a, a duo called Caro Corvino, me and my friend Dimitrios, uh, who's just had children. By the way, he's just become a dad. Uh, so obviously, that's going to be on hold for a little bit. So we had a, a different repertoire. So there were a bunch of songs that we did ourselves that ended up being uh, actually poetry. We met through the Poetry Slams in Berlin. And he would fill out the songs that I'd written with more guitar and I would sing lyrics that he created. It was this really organic process. So there are songs that I've written, but this is the first piece that's not only mine, like entirely, but I back it the most. Like I wanted to put this one out first um, and then the other pieces will follow suit. But this is the one that was the first time it like grabbed me and was like, don't let me go, do something with me. And you're like, oh, okay, all right. And it's been a long time coming. Um, it's called American Fascist. And I wrote it uh, during the Trump administration. And I just sort of, with everything happening right now, I, I, with the pandemic, I obviously couldn't get in studios. I put things on hold. And it's still, you know, like when you put something down and you go back to it and it's still good. It still mm, tastes mm. the same, if not better. Mm, mm that. And I was like, all right, this is the first time I have so backed something of my own that didn't also mm. involve someone else. It was just, it's literally me and Hugo, my guitar, and I do all the harmonies and I'm, I'm a chorus of myself. And actually, um, Chance is, mm. uh, he helped me record it. He's doing a lot of engineering and he said, if you got work to do, I'm, I'm your man. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just rocked up to his house and we laid everything down and now it has to get uh, mixed and mastered. And um, I think it's also just really pertinent to the current you know, administration in the US. And obviously now what's happening with the, the the fight for Roe v. Wade, I think it's always really, I think it'll always be pertinent. I think this the skeins, as, as an American, you're sort of, um, and stop me from rambling, you're sort of raised to believe your nation is the best nation in the world. And, and everybody mm. is, mm. but it's mm. not until you leave that you're like, ooh, Oh, that's insidious. Like my, my father emigrated to, to America and, you know, the whole American dream, that whole nine yards. And then I emigrated back to Italy and then to Germany. And I was like, whoa, the fact that you had a parent that came from other, you're already half out of a place. Mm. And now you're looking mm. at everything through the lens of a European and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe we get away with this stuff. This is insane. Yep. And yep. It, it's just, it's a reminder that governments do not have moral compasses. The people mm. who work in them might, and that's a big if, mm. but governments have agendas, even with wars or, you know, pandemics or everything else. At certain levels, it's a game. And mm. um, it, it's like politics is a game of poker and everyone's cheating. So that I think is a big part of this song where it, it's talking about walls and running and um, can you outrun your neighbors? Are you able to be there for people that you know? Or when 
everything goes to shit, essentially, are you going to be with your back to someone you knew? So, mm, mm. How, I mean, that, that's a wonderful way to put it, by the way, that everyone's playing poker, but everyone's cheating. I kind of like that. I did that. That's summarized. Oh, it's, it's, so uh, well. There's a YouTube channel I watch of um, this one guy who's like something of the fifth. And it's um, like a, I don't want to say, um, he's a gentleman from the South, I think. And he's uh, usually in his shed talking about this, but he's like, he'll give you like a really, um, like frank idea of like, hey, look what happened in Florida. Hey, you know, governments. And, and he said that politics are is poker and everyone's cheating. And you're like, oh, that's a great way to that's put that. A, that's a wonderful way to put that. And a very cynical way to put it, but I like mm. it. Um, I mean, how, you we talked about Trump just very quickly passing me there. And I think it's no secret, like, you know, it's not like Chris and I are on the right side of the political spectrum um, and like that sort of thing. Do you These, mean right as in not left or right as in correct? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I think our beliefs are incorrect and dumb, but they're also left left leaning. Let's say so, probably yeah. both. Uh, but um, but I mean, what about the pandemic then? So Trump, obviously, I think that stirred a lot of songwriting creativity in a lot of people. But mm. how did you find that went through the pandemic? Did that sort of spur you in a similar way? Did you sort of use all of these feelings you had inside to express it, or did it have the opposite effect and actually sort of help make you withdraw a bit? Uh, it was a combination of both. I mean, honestly, it was a complete shit show. So, um, this, the, I was, um, so I, where I live right now is the longest I've been anywhere in Berlin. I've been here four years and in this, uh, micro apartment slash dormitory for about two years. Mm -hmm. And before that I was just apartment hopping. So like the pandemic's going down and I am basically being shuffled through my friend group because someone's got a spare room. Someone knows someone else. I'm swapping houses with someone else. So it was, sort of being ripped away from mm, mm. my, like my keyboard right now, she's was in a storage locker for wow. years, like almost two years. And then when I moved here, I was able to go and get her and set her up again. And I, I was teaching with a MIDI keyboard and I took my guitar with me everywhere I went because it was all I had. So it was kind of when you had enough space to be like, all right, I'm not teaching through two different schools online. You know what I mean? Like mm, I've got, mm. when I've actually got my own time, you got to check out for a hot second. I think in the height of the pandemic, I had five jobs. Wow. Yeah. And it was just, there was just no time for songwriting. And then slowly you have to carve that time out. I think there's a lot of headspace and it's very easy to say, I don't have time for that. You know, that it almost seems like creativity is a bourgeois indulgence in a time like that, when in mm -hmm. fact, it's going to be what saves your sanity. So I did find that I would be reading a lot and then I would play tracks like, you know, lo-fi jazz or neo soul, like, like vocal free tracks and just like improvise through it um, in the shower, cleaning the house, just sitting around just because I needed something, but I didn't think mm. I had it with me to be like, well, let me jot down some lyrics. I would try mm. to keep up with as much as I could with the poetry circles online, but it wasn't the same. You kind of had this idea that like, we're all just hanging on. Yeah. 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 So it was definitely, it felt quite stifling, honestly. Mm.
I, I kind of get what you mean. I mean, sort of musically in terms of playing and putting stuff down and sort of completing things, I found it extremely stifling. I didn't mm. didn't enjoy it at all. Um, what I did do a lot of though was sort of started out as journaling that then became lyrics, I guess. Mm. So I did a lot of lyric writing, um, which has been lovely. So I've written a bunch of songs and now I guess I've got stuck in a rut a bit from COVID and COVID brought out the worst qualities in me of, I'm quite introverted, but it brought out the worst sort of introverted qualities in me. So now I'm a bit hermit almost. So I need to sort of now break out of that mold a bit get out there and start completing some songs, start laying some stuff down, start collaborating with other people. I haven't quite got into that mind space yet. And uh, it, it, it's affected a lot of people differently. I think we're probably only coming around to the trauma from COVID probably now. Yeah. Like it's going to take time. Agree. Like it's now that we're like, we've, we've sort of like come outside and we're like, are we, are we free? Is it good? Has the, has the ground stopped shaking? And, and we are so thirsty for, and, Morticia Adams said normal is an illusion. Mm. Um, but we're so thirsty for a semblance of that that I think we're we're we are coming out slowly, but we're also we're we're skittish. We are gun shy, mm. you know? Mm. 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 Actually, sure. how do you how do you deal with and I wonder if this happens to you? That thing, I feel like we all as musicians, we go through this where we're just like, we have this idea and we sock it away. I mean, I have a jillion recordings on my phone of like melody ideas that like hit yeah, me same, on the train same, same. Yeah, and exactly. I don't care who looks at me while I'm yeah, yeah, doing doing. I look like a knobhead know. walking down the road <laughs> like yeah. going like la 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 into my phone people are like what the fuck are you doing yeah uh, I just on the, on, the, on the street and like I like yeah. I don't care Brenda um and do you do this thing that like you get this idea and then you hammer away at it but you never quite finish it and then you do the next thing Yes, constantly. Yeah. Oh my God. Same. All the time. It, it's frustrating. It's massively frustrating. Mm. Um, but um, it, it, it's not that I procrastinate the end. It's just, it's more I get swept up in other ideas. So, mm-hmm. so it just, it's not that I can't finish it. It's just more, oh fuck, now I've got some uh, cool lyrics that I want to write down here. Oh, but I've got a really good melody for that too. So I'll put that together. And then once that's done, I've played it on the guitar a few times. And oh no, but now I'm thinking of something else. And so they just never get finished, like, mm-hmm. um, which is really difficult. I don't know if that's ADHD-ish or what, but it's, um, it's, it's, um, it's something I don't want to question either, though, too much, because I'm like, well, this magic is coming from somewhere. So I don't right. want to stop it too much. But um, It's not even, it's not yours. It's on loan to you. And you don't want to mm. like stem that flow because then it's mm. going to be like, well, fine, next time I won't give you any ideas. Yeah, I'm done. So, <laughs> but no, I find myself in that position. I guess you do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just kind of embrace it. I think it's a something, it used to be something of like, you know, but that's the thing about the world that we live in where the, and you can say it a thousand times, say it a thousand and one times, the idea that you have of someone else is complete and utter BS. Mm-hmm. Absolute BS. Mm. Um, and you just assume, well, well, they don't go through this and this doesn't happen to them. And they, they get an idea and they turn it into a song. And this is going to, and I, I tell my students this all the time that whatever, like you're making melody when you improvise for my jazz heads. Um, and when you, when you create these little pockets and packages of stuff, it can turn into a song. It could be one part of a chorus, one half of a bridge. It itself doesn't have to be the whole idea or it ends up being an idea that you flesh out and the song is completely different from what, by the time you get to the end of it. And and even when it is, you know, do you know how many songs Dolly Parton wrote to get to the ones that we all know, that the catalog this woman has mm, of stuff that exactly. we've never heard? So all of that digging that you have to do, you have to mine through so much meh to mm. even get to the ideas mm. to make mm. songs that you may not even like by the time they're done or they'll start out completely different from the way you were. You just, you have to, you know, throw the crabgrass out of the way to plant the rosebud. Voice acting. So tell me a bit about that because I think some people get into it kind of just thinking, well, I could just set up a microphone at home, read a script, right? That's it. Don't need to practice. Don't need to sort of keep my voice in check. I could just record it, upload it to voices.com and I'm a star. That's how it goes. I'm guessing there's slightly more ethic to it than that. Yeah, um, um, definitely. I um, Obviously, I've got the gift of the gab. So for me, um, as a vocalist and someone who studied languages, 
Um, I, I wish I had a cute tagline to say, well, if it involves your mouth, I do it. But that sounds absolutely wow. filthy. Okay. Yeah, that sounds, ugh, that and sounds for like the I, continuation of that. Check out the extra <laughs> part of this podcast <laughs> available on OnlyFans. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I imagine if I were to get into like, you know, phone work like that, I'd be quite good at it. But, um, <laughs> well, no, cause it's like, now I have to rinse out the rest of this podcast with a bar of soap for God's sake, but it's, yeah, well, it's okay. I, it's okay. I do all of these different vocal things. I, I am a native English speaker. Uh, my second language is Italian. I am a B1-ish German speaker. So, and I, I'm good with languages like Turkish and Hindi and a little bit of Arabic. I love the sounds of these languages. If I didn't get into music, I would have gotten into language. I love the way these different languages dance on your tongue. And then, you know, the wow. different vocal anatomy that you have to, like in Arabic, there's a glottal stop. We do that when we sing vocalists, but you know, mm. we don't, we don't speak with it. So it's hard for us to do that on the everyday. And you know, mm. my Lebanese friends are like, oh, you just go like this. Huh? And you're like, mm. you know, I can't do that. You know, the way you do for Turkish, the words, you know, tujuk and toduk, and you're like, oh, okay. So it's, it's like music. It's, it's, and then music is its own language. And you kind of, I can't separate the two. So for mm. me, it's mm. easy to speak something as though, I am my own audience. What would I like to hear? And I thought, this is so cool. And, I, and you know, there must be people who do this. Like some of my my heroes are Dante Bosco. And mm. um, he's the voice of, I don't know if anyone knows these shows, but he's the voice of Prince Zuko from Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm -hmm. And okay. also Rufio from the Captain Hook film with um, <laughs> with Robin Williams. Nancy Cartwright is the voice of of uh, Bart Simpson. And these these people are just, to me, they're just legends. They can make all these different characters. And that's really what it is. You create a character depending on what you're doing. So mm -hmm. I decided I really wanted to give this a shot. I wanted to try this. And um, a friend of mine was an engineer for Blinkist and she just threw the open audition at me and she said, you in? And I said, uh, yeah. And I auditioned for them. I read some scripts and they hired me. And the trouble was I didn't have, this was in the middle of the pandemic. So I'm not even living in my own house. I'm living in someone's house. Um, mm -hmm. I have, I have no studio space and, yeah. um, yeah. I was recording now in the space I have here where we can't put anything on the walls. We can't take no, off. No, 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 no. So I'm in a tent on yes. the floor yeah. with a duvet on that's top. The, that's the journalist trick. That's what I used to do in radio broadcasting. Yeah. Just put, sit under a duvet, but it's sweaty. In my underwear, because it's sweaty as all get out, you know, and, yeah. and you've got, and, and you're like, like breathe between every few takes. So I was reading audiobooks. So essentially it was a very, it was a great way to cut my teeth because mm. you're essentially, I don't have to sell you something. You're already choosing to read this book. I have to engage you. So I have to mm. be, mm light and moving, but factual and steady all at once. And what you don't want to do is you don't want to be like, you know, Bueller, Bueller. Mm. And so in 1783, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you have to on the fly, adjust yourself as you hear yourself and make yourself work for your ideal audience, who by the way, is not there. No, no. You're, you're not even, you have to constantly be in like performance mode, but know that you're alone. And so that was, mm. that was, an easy way to train because then obviously I had to pronounce things in different languages. I had to talk about everything from the neuroscience of sleep to um, history to feminism. And so you're like, all right, everything is a slightly different flavor. Um, and the commercial I just finished, um, I did this spot for, for Kia. Kia invented a software instrument, kind of a synth. And I am the disembodied voice from nowhere that tells yeah, you I saw, about- I've watched this. I watched it did on YouTube. You? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm the voice from nowhere that tells you about the Kia instrument and the movement of nature and all these, you know, it's inspired us and I have to be very inspirational and not sound very selly. And the easiest thing you can do is create a character. And the character we settled on was Earthreal Angel Librarian. So I'm knowledgeable. Wow. I will tell you about stuff, but I'm also removed from it all. And, you know, I'm, I'm very like floating off in the ether and you kind of, everything is game. Once you get in the studio and they hand you this, I get the script that day. Hmm. 
like that moment and you just read it immediately and you take notes and you, I will do a little editing because sometimes you can tell that it was written by someone who doesn't speak English as their first language. And I will say, you know, Hey, we don't say that. I will read it as written and I will give you a couple um, takes. And sometimes you add an um or an and, and it works better or you take stuff out and you just loop things, but you have to have a character ready to go. And um, it's a party up in my head. I've got all kinds of, all kinds of different voices for care. It's, it's like, it's like an episode of Roger Rabbit in there. <laughs> I'd love to have um, like do cartoons and have a, a way to get all these different crazy characters out. But I kind of, um, yeah. So I, I, again, I'm a sort of musical mercenary for a studio in Berlin called Studio Funk. And they will call me if they need me to do something. Cause I, they have my wow. reels and I'm kind of on the Rolodex for them. Do people mm. still use Rolodexes? I don't think they do, but it's Never okay. Mind. I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Dating myself. Um, and they'll, they'll ring me and they'll be like, all right, there's uh, an audition for, I don't know, some serial or some whatever. Um, are you in for this day? And I'll, I'll clear my schedule or I'll say I can do this time from this time. And then they either put it forward and I get it or at least I get an audition or I don't. A lot of the time, you know, things can get scrapped and they never make it off the cutting room floor. During the pandemic, they wanted me to read for Lufthansa. I think mm. in Italian and English. And mm. I said, I'd happily do it, but who's traveling? Two days later, the project was yeah. scrapped. Told yeah. you so. So yeah, yeah it's really, sense. it's really just being comfortable being a narrator. And mm. then you're, you're just sort of spinning a story and engaging again, engaging someone that you don't, you can't see, but you have to think about what makes you listen to something. Like, why do I listen to you? Mm. Your voice. Yeah, why do you? I, I still don't understand that. <laughs> your voice, your banter with Chris, the fact that I, I'm also curious about your guys' opinions on things, about gear, about the Desert Island playlist. Like, I want to know what you guys think because- We're pretty negative about most stuff. Like, yeah, but it's refreshing, you know? Like, you guys are, you know, you speak the same language, uh, literally and figuratively, music and, and English as I do. And I, I, mm, I, mm, what makes you tune in to those true crime stories? You know, like old school radio where it was like, no, Miss Mary, bah, 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 you know, yeah, 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 yeah. and you're essentially doing this without any music and effects as of yet. But why do you listen to podcasts? Why do you listen to sleep stories? Why do you listen to audiobooks? Because you want to be engaged with you want someone to be speaking to you. You don't want to have to think in a way you kind of want to switch off and you have to think about what makes you want to be the audience. Okay. It's that reason that you have to give them this, you know, sonic signal, the sonic reason to keep listening to you. And, yeah. and that's why people listen to you. There's, there's something in the timbre of your voice. that's like, all right. This guy knows what he's talking about. I would I really take don't. his opinion. I don't know what I'm talking about. He's lying. It's mostly a lie. <laughs> no, no. That's why Chris is here. Chris is the clever one. Not not me so much. I'm just very opinionated about stuff. But Chris is the the knowledge. Yeah, but you've got an accent. To people yeah, exactly. across the pond where I'm from, you guys could say absolute nonsense. You'd still sound exactly. like Harvard grads. I mean, this is a thing, right? British people seem to go to America and get talk shows. I mean, this is great. Like, <laughs> I, I need to do this. So they just turn up, tell everyone how bad their country is and make loads of money. This sounds wonderful. Pulling a James Corden, are we? I love John Oliver. James Corden, oh, him too. James Corden can play with Sack traffic. <laughs> like, I, I, that guy Doesn't can, he do that, though? Oh, probably. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Doesn't he like Honestly, do like the, the the street plays or whatever it is? He can he can like go and play with a thunderstorm. Like I don't I don't like that guy at all. Like I'm sorry, I really don't. But um, okay. but uh, John Oliver, he's my man. He's, mm. he's my guy. So uh, like him a lot. I don't have to owe 
say. I want to go into music again quickly because we talked a little bit about your song that's coming out, talked a little bit mm-hmm. about songwriting and stuff, but what are you listening to at the moment? What is oh, filling your man. headspace? Oh, why? That's such a that's such a I'm going to give you some weird answers. Like it's that's fine. I go for you it. Know, you know when everyone says I listen to everything? Mm. I do. I do listen yeah. to everything. My my liked songs on Spotify is going to be a shuffly mess of Fela Kuti and The Kingsman and U2 and Wow. Okay. Hold on. And um Bulgarian folk music because I used to oh, sing okay. in a Bulgarian folk choir. It was hard because it was all in Bulgarian and German and I would get yelled at every rehearsal. Um, you know, and it's a part of me is like, do you have any idea how smart I am in English? <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's a lot of like whatever moves me, like whatever makes me go like, mm, you know, do like a stank face or like move the shoulders, mm. put that in there. And then you're just like, all right, it's grooving. Um, I am leaning a lot into, um, I'm going to drop some of my girlfriends here. Uh, my friend A-Wing, her music is just neo-soul, like sonic it's a sonic salve. It's just delicious. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Let me have it. Um, Larissa is an, also an excellent artist. I, I told her last night at the concert that her voice sounds like if you could hear the taste of honey. Oh, lovely. Yeah, right? And I just, you know, Fela Kuti is just absolutely nuts. I, I organize all my music into, if not moods, then eras and then countries. So I've got all of my music from anything that I know from Africa in one playlist, anything from Brazil across ah. multiple genres in one playlist, all the things I, I enjoy from Italy, like my parents, um, the sixties and the nineties and the stuff I was raised with and the pop that my cousins like in one playlist. Ah, cool. That's a good way to do it actually. Mm-hmm. And then I, that. I'll go by like, like era, like, you know, the fifties or the sixties or like, like eighties. I'll, and I'll, I'll make playlists for, for different things. Like I was in, um, I did a film last summer. I I work as an extra sometimes Uh and it was the eighties in, in Germany. So I I made myself like an eighties playlist and it's like, you know, Pet Shop Boys and Tears for Fears and, you know, all that. So I, I literally, I could not tell you most recently. Yeah. It's, it's been a lot of, you know, Fela Kuti. I'm a huge fan of uh, Jorge Drexler. Mm. And I've been Hold on. writing all this down so I remember my episode <laughs> notes. I've got his um his album Echo. I think it was his first album, maybe his second. I'm not even sure. The first one I listened to, and it's like it for me. He just put out an album two weeks ago, a new one. Mm. Mm. And I think I liked one song out of that, and I was like, no, I just I have. He's my alarm every morning. He wakes me up. Like I, when you don't know what to put on for background music while you're in your house or whatever, or even just wanting to listen to it. I am such a hermity creature of habit. Like I don't, I do the same thing with Netflix. I don't, mm. I don't get into a show until I'm good and ready. And it's usually after no one's I talking know, about it at I the water cooler. Ex- I know exactly right. what you mean. You don't, it's you just don't happened wanna... now with, happened now with love, death and robots. I'm really getting huh? into it now. And I'm like four years late. Like, I d- I've never even it. heard of that. Like I, oh, it's, it's so good. It just gives me anxiety. Like when I was a kid, I didn't like, you know, series shows like serial shows because I would always be afraid of missing an episode and then somehow I felt like I was out of the club and then if I watched it and didn't get it I was intruding on the club it was a whole thing because I liked shows that didn't have a timeline that were just like episodes and they were just like the the story was wrapped up in 15 minutes and Mm -hmm. I'm the same way with Netflix where I'm like I don't want to I will start a new series but then I will keep watching that series like you know and like have it on the background or when I watch something I don't want to I, want, I don't want to think, but I really don't want to think because I watch them yeah, already know. Yeah, yeah. And so the same is with music where I can be like, and that is how you get bored. Like that mm, is, mm. you just pick your playlist or you pick something you want to listen to and you choose it for familiarity and comfort. And then once you get the right flavor of bored, then you hit explore or go to the playlist based on totally. one song. And, but it, it's, I'm, I'm very like, you know, what's the right word here? curmudgeon about it. Like I'm very like, you know, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> these same, are my habits. Yeah, get off same, my lawn, same. kids. <laughs> yeah. Same as me. Um, I mean, I, I realized Spotify I've always shit on for a long time because I've always been a bit of a sort of purist about music and a bit like, oh, mm-hmm. I've got to have it on vinyl. And, blah, 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 blah. and then I realized, 
why can't everything exist to- together? So where I really sort of buy vinyls are stuff that I'm going to listen to forever and I love them yes. very much. So mm-hmm. that's fine because I'll Same. listen to them all the time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm really using Spotify as this kind of discovery platform instead. And I love it for that. And I never thought I would say that. But um, I really, really love it. So, I mean, yeah, my, my I'm just looking at what I've just been listening to recently. It goes from Tool to Death Heaven to Rage Against Machine to a guy called Ricky Reed to Biffy Clyro, to Manchester Orchestra, to Alice Cooper back there, to Bruce Springsteen, to Tom Petty, to Spoon, to Phoebe Bridges, to Taylor Swift. It's like, it's all over the place now, but I love it. Like, I really, really like it because I'm kind of like, I don't know what's going to come up next and I'm probably going to enjoy it. Like, it's really, really cool. So um, Mm. it's helping me remain a bit open-minded. Right, because you can, you can, you know, and I'm someone who doesn't like... I mean, dirty confession time. I just listened to Snarky Puppy for the first time while I was uh-huh. in Argentina. You know, wow. my, my boy, my boyfriend's a drummer, and he is. You know, he used to be an engineer, and he like he'll reference groups that I don't know. You know, obviously, yeah. I, or it's a genre I'm not familiar with. And he's like, you know, the five o'clock lab band or the one o'clock lab band is this band from I think it's five or one o'clock. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, this band from this university uh, in the U.S., I believe in Texas, I'm not entirely sure. And they cook, like, my God, these guys. And I've never, I Snarky Puppy was becoming a thing when I was in college. And yeah. I never, I don't know what it is about it that like, what not them, but in general, that keeps me away or I'll dip a toe in mm. the the next big thing or the new thing that everyone's talking about later, ages later. And I like, now he played like what three songs and I'm just sitting there like I stank faced for 10 solid minutes mm. and it's just like mm, okay and, and where you know and everyone was like gabbing about them like they knew them in school and mm-hmm. I I'm literally I'm 28 I've been out of school for six years and I'm just now listening to them and it was like it should be something that you that you discover with. It should be something that you expand yourself, but because it, it, in a way you are just going to be making your own repertoire better in that sense of like, Oh, okay. Like when I go to the jazz club with my girlfriends, it's yeah, it's a night out. Cool. It's a glass of wine, but we like no books and pens. We are going to like work. We listen like, and we're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You know, we're like, we're we're the weirdos in the back with the staff paper. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the more you expose yourself to um, the the more depth you have as a musician. So you'd think that we wouldn't have this issue with like listening yeah. to stuff. And you're like, no, no, we do. We do. You get stuck. You do. You get stuck in the things that you like and the things you've grown up with and mm-hmm. the things that have sort of influenced you and blah, blah, blah. The things your parents, friends, whatever, listen to the trends of the moment. And you keep up with this, but it's very limiting, even though it feels like it isn't. It really, really is. Um, and so I try not to discriminate too much against different types of music, but there are some I don't get on with. And that was going to be a question for you. Is there anything, cause I definitely get this sense. You are just a lover of sound really, not even just mu- just sound overall, but are there any sort of elements of music or genres where you just think I'm not quite gotten into that yet? That still makes me feel a little, little bit, not uncomfortable, but it's just not me. Uh, yeah, I, I could answer that right off the bat. Uh, country music, like American country music. Wow, we differ so much then. I love country music. Okay, cool. Uh, I, I don't hate it. And there are certain songs I think are really, really cute, like Ladies Love, Country Boys. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a song called It's a Little Too Late. And the music video was the guy was like, you know, building a brick wall to trap his girlfriend in the basement, but he did it on the oh. wrong side so she could get out the stairs and he was stuck there. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of funny. But. It was hilarious. <laughs> but if you didn't see the music video, I'm sure the song was also great. Um, yeah. And I, you know, there's, there's things that are really, really cute. Like, I, you know, I vaguely remember how to square dance, um, but it's not something, it's not part of my life. I can't, mm. I can't relate to it. You know, I don't, mm. It's not written for me. I'm an no. East Coast. I, I grew up in the sticks, but I'm an East Coast city girl, for lack of a better word. And mm. it's just something that I don't dislike it. I don't. I don't hate it. No, but no. I. I don't seek it out. I don't choose to listen to it. My. I mean, I listen to everything from Debussy to death metal. Mm. So mm. it's the one thing that I wouldn't go and find. And I, it, mm. it, that's so funny that like, what is it about that frequency that like, 
you listen to everything from like new age, neo soul to like, you know, screaming and, and folksy things from other countries, but you don't like, you know, like, like country music. I don't, I don't know, but it's just something where it's like, it's one of the genres. And maybe I'm just saying that because I've always said it in a sense that I, I won't seek it out, but I don't, I don't actively hate it. I just don't gravitate to it. And I, yeah, no. you know. No, I don't, I don't like very traditional country, I must admit. So sort of Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, Garth Brooks, mm-hmm, stuff like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not my thing. You bite your tongue, you take that back. No, nah, I'm not a massive Dolly fan. Sorry. I love I've tried. Her. I've really tried. Does I like mean, her. Does that mean I like country? Because I, I love Dolly. I think it does a little bit. But okay. I like, I like I her like... a lot. I love Dolly Parton a lot. As a, <laughs> like she's the most as a frank. Yeah, she's the most just frank out there she knows exactly what she's doing she's super focused just this wonder like every interview i've seen with her is just totally not what she is like in her music she's really blunt quite sweary very just like this is me i don't care if you think she I'm told trashy. one guy up like, yours buster in an interview yeah, it's like i don't care if you think i'm trashy this is who i am i love this i'm like i love her but her music not so much but country, hmm. I'm really a bit more of a, what, what do you call now? Country rock, sort of new country. Jason Isbell, uh, stuff like that. Uh, okay. And the 400 unit. So it mixes elements of sort of blue southern rock, uh, but with country right. instead. So a little more on the rocky side. But. I guess that makes me, it makes me a convert because I guess I like, but I guess she's the one artist that I would, I mean, I absolutely adore the woman from her head to her four foot toes, you know. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't. Uh, on the whole, I don't think I could pick out another artist of that genre that I enjoy as much. You know. Mm, mm, mm. Well, there we go. Debussy to death metal is a yes. great album name, by the way. I'm definitely <laughs> keeping that. Like, that's a wonderful album title there. Somewhere or a band name. Like, I like it. Good. Yeah, I mean, hey. You'd abbreviate it to D to D. There we go. That'd be the D2D. abbreviation online. Yeah, be you know? easy. I like that one. So, new single coming yes. in. Yes. That's good. Still teaching. Mm. Yes. What else is on the horizon? Because this stuff is pretty pretty close horizon. What's your sort yes. of further afield horizon? Oh, further afield. Oh, my goodness. I am hoping to, um, and I don't, here's the thing, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm also hoping to, well, I know how I'm going to do this. I'm also, um, I did a, an animation. So it's my first sort of foray wow. into um, cartoons and film. Oh, and, wow. Um, and this was all hand sketched. Um, a friend of mine is an incredible artist. He's done a lot of, uh, his name is Ariel, um, Ariel Victor. Uh, and he has done some really cool short animated films, then, you know, the Berlin Animated Film Festivals. And he rung me up and said, can you just give me a recording on your phone? Audition for this piece, please. And I said, yeah, sure. I mean, he told me about the project and I said, I'd love to, you know, get, let's do this a shot. And I, I play the mom in this, in this film. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be way out on the horizon because animation just takes so long. Yeah. Like he did the, the sketches. So I knew what I was doing and what I, you know, my character looked like and what the whole scenario was. So I had a storyboard and we'd go into the, the studio in the university, uh, Babelsberg in uh, Potsdam. Mm. And they had like a, a fully staged, the whole nine yards. It was so cool. And I read for that. And now he's, um, he showed us everything put together, you know, all of the animation that's been 2.0'd. And then now the dialogue has to change. So I have to re-record these readings. And then, I mean, way out, probably not even six months from now, maybe like, will we be in the studio again, recording this new draft? So this thing is not going to get released for a while but mm. it's happening and I'm very excited about it. I'm hoping between now and the, we don't know when of that, um, I will hopefully be doing more um, animation and maybe cartoons. Um, wow. Cool. It's, it's hard to do when you don't have representation. You kind of just have to find things and fling yourself at them and see if they like yeah. you. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I don't have like, you know, I don't have like, you know, friends, Joey, it's Estelle. I don't have yeah. an Estelle who's going to call me for stuff and send me out to things. I kind of have to yeah. find it myself. And yeah. I don't know if that's even what one does in this kind of work. Do you have representation? Do you, am I supposed to have an agent? I don't know. Um, I don't know. So yeah. in in the, in the near future, I'll be teaching less and speaking more and hopefully doing more, more songs, more, more films, more things like this, where this, this just, 
speaks to me as I speak it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. So are you going to play live at any point though? Mm. Get out, get on the guitar again. Hopefully. I've been in and out of Berlin for the past few, few months between Berlin and Argentina and Italy. Um, yeah, my, my people in my life are all over the world. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to have to, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to up and down it. So a lot of the time you will find me at open mics. Um, you will find me at the hat bar in, um, Charlottenburg doing the jazz, the jazz jam sessions. They have a jam session about every night and I just go to workshop songs. I go to see the, the cats I know, and then to meet the ones I don't. And, just to try new songs. And that's essentially what it's there for, that you're just like, all right, I'm going to try this out and I'm going to see about this solo. And so if I'm ever doing a jazz gig or a GB gig where there is jazz, I've got that in the bag. And then with my own music, I usually take it to Sunday Slips at Zoom Crocodile mm-hmm. in Neukölln. And it, again, that's just a place where you can try out your material. And it's one of the only places at the moment that I do play my own music because it's one of the only spaces that I know of. And it, since it's just me, I'm you know, I'm not really filling a stage so much. So I would be a little bit, not hesitant, but a little bit nervous about doing something like at the House of Music where I was last night or even at Pachtwerk in Neukölln, which I have done by myself, which is not Mm, mm, bad. mm. It's great. And also my guitar has a built-in mic, which is really cool. (laughs) He was an upgrade. Um, But it's, you know, those bigger places where you like, you want to be on the bill with other people, not, not necessarily a group with you, but you want to be one of the acts plural that's on that stage that night. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not such a big, you know, persona with this yet that I can just be like, you know, Hey, I rock up and you know, the place is packed, but mm-hmm. hopefully I'm hoping to do, um, I'm hoping to do Plactvik again. Um, I'd love to do house of music once I have, more of my repertoire released, but for mm. now I'm still doing uh, Zoom Crocodile and um, um, the the Hat Bar. I'm also releasing a music video for ah. American Fascist. Uh, actually, yeah, I meant to put Ooh, that. Thing that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking I'm not going to be in it. I've never done a music video. It's it's not about me. I don't want to be, you know, the glamour puss in all the scenes yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is going to be, I'm actually going to, if Ariel can't do it himself, I want him to help me find another animator who can. And I'm going to do like, um, you know, those sort of like flip books you flip through and like the picture is moving. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a flip book, maybe black and white or with color occasionally of um, people on this journey, you know, so given the way that the song is built in the chords, this one person is going to start out with their guitar on their back and like, they're going to be walking away from you and there's going to be holding the hand of a small child or, and they're, they themselves are going to, you know, morph into the different scenes of like, you know, buildings on fire and all kinds of calamity. And that's going to like, each picture is going to melt into the next in this sort of flip book style animation, which is the only way I can think of the story being done. You know, I, 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 I can't imagine it's going to have the same gravitas if it's me, like on a rooftop in Berlin somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, but that's cool. And I think I think because of the topic that you're talking about, it, it, it's some sort of animated story with it, I think probably is a really nice format for it. I, I kind of yeah. get what you mean. I think if you're just singing on a rooftop somewhere, yeah, sure, we know who you are, but I, I don't know if it's going to have the same um, meaning somehow. It almost would be that I would take away from it, you know, as mm, me. I, mm. I, I created this thing, I created the song, but that's it. You know, it, it, it goes mm. forth from me. I can't like, you know, I can't, my precious it, you know, it, that's it. Mm, I can't mm, keep mm. it under the, the, the glass dome, like the rose. And I, I think it would be, it would fall flat. It would, it would, it would be lost because I think we are also inundated with all these amazing artists you know, some that have a, a greater following than others, or even on places like Instagram, like on Reels, everyone's doing really cool shit. And, mm-hmm. you know, you don't just want to be one of those people, but not for this. I, I want this to exist. And I think there's an accessibility when it's animated because it's removed from you. It's third party. It's easier, I think, to digest when it's, um, mm-hmm. when it's a cartoon, because then you're, you're telling a story. It's, it's like a, it's an easy, easily swallowed tablet. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right, Annalisa. So 
all this stuff coming up. Where can people follow you, find out more, get in touch with you, worship you, whatever it is you want? <laughs> well, you could uh, build an effigy of me in your closet. Um, that'd be great. Um, no, they can follow me on Instagram. I am Annalisa Voice. Um, I'm actually going to like maybe tweak that and be like, lover of sound. <laughs> As a thank you. Um, hopefully when my music is out, it will be, and I, I was quite mm, snobby about Spotify. I, I really, so many of my friends are published artists on Spotify. I hate the fact that they, they pay a pittance. They don't pay anything really, no. No. but you can't not use it. It has to be there. And because um, it's the easiest, most popular thing, but like, you know, their music is also on you know, Bandcamp, CD Baby. So hopefully mm-hmm. um, when it's out and about, it'll be on Spotify, um, hopefully Bandcamp, um, SoundCloud. Um, so all of that, all of the release of the music will be out there. I'm sure, you know, the music video will be up on YouTube and what have you. And then, um, my commercials out on YouTube. If you want to deep dive through some Blinkist books, you might hear me, you might not. Um, (laughs) and yeah, you can just, um, follow me on Instagram if you like, I'd love it. Excellent. Thank you very much for this. Thank you for having me. Sorry it took so long. No, it's the only thing. It's okay. I mean, like it it had to happen the way it happened now. And actually, you don't know this, but behind the the computer is my vision board and there's a little square of the Beats Per Minute podcast that I put up there. I'm not even kidding. I'll take a picture when this is done. (laughs) That's lovely. Thank you. They're coming to find us. They're coming to find us. Happens if they find us. Do you know which way to run? Can you outrun your neighbors? Do you know which way to run to outrun their guns? Do you know which way to run? Outrun your sisters and your brothers. Do you know which way?